Hello and welcome to the New Hope Church Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check us out online at newhopechurch.tv and we'd love to connect with you on social media at New Hope Church TV. We hope you enjoy this message. How we doing people? People, people. So good to see you, five o'clock, glad you're in church today. Awesome day to be in church. Beautiful day today, wasn't it? Absolutely gorgeous day. It is that time of year. It doesn't feel like wintertime, but it's that time of year when we start a new year, get a new beginning. If you're brand new with us today and uh, you, you're like, man, I'm going to get in church and things are going to change, things are going to be different this year, you're in the right place, man. You're in the right place because we got a good journey to go on together this year, and I would love for you to be a part of it. If you're a part of this church already and you agree with what I'm saying, give me a big amen. Amen. All right, so we want to take as many people with us as we can on this growth trip that we're on, which is awesome. Uh, We are entering also not just a new year, but a new decade, which is uh, pretty cool, pretty cool to be into a new decade. And here's what's also, I think, kind of cool, that the outline that I'm teaching from today, I taught from 10 years ago. So the, the beginning of the last decade, I taught from this outline. Guess what? I taught from it 20 years ago at the beginning of that decade. So totally different, what's in the blanks, but just kind of the format is the same. I thought it'd be kind of cool to bring it back. Um, Since we are at the end of a a decade, there there has been a trend in this past year called the 10-year challenge. Are you familiar with this? 10-year challenge. Uh, I was on social media. They would take a picture of themselves now and put it next to a picture from 10 years ago to see what the changes were. I did not participate in this trend. And there are there's one big reason why, because I began the decade with hair. <laughs> I'm ending it with not a whole lot. I didn't have a whole lot of hair <laughs> 10 years ago, but I made it work, man. I made it work. Uh, but now there's nothing to work with. And so that's why I'm always going to have a beard because there's going to be hair somewhere on my head. And, and you don't need to know this, but I cut my ear this morning. I was shaving the top of my ear, which is what I got to do. It doesn't grow here. It grows here. And I cut my ear, I was re- bleeding profusely. I barely made it to church on time. They prayed over me and sent me in and I just prayed there wouldn't be blood dropping off my ear. Is that more than you need to know? Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so something else real quick. I have these scales in my house that, that uh, they've got electric, or they've got metal contacts on the bottom and supposedly it shoots an electrical charge up through your body. It measures your visceral fat, your body fat, your um, your muscle mass, your bone mass, and so I don't know if it does all those things, but I know it, it weighs you, so that's why I got it. But it talks to my phone, I don't have my phone. It talks to your phone, <clears throat> so you have an app on your phone, you open up the app, and you, I, I do this, I set it on the dresser, because I don't want the weight of my phone on the scales with me, so I set it on my dresser, and stand on it, and, and, and then it, it, it acts like it's thinking real hard, and then it comes up with your weight. So I've been using it for, I don't know, a couple years, and you can kind of see trends and so forth, but I hadn't weighed for like a month and a half, had not weighed for a month and a half. And so I get on the scales, and, and I set the phone down, and it's doing the deal, and all of a sudden it beeps. I was like, that's unusual, it doesn't beep like that normally, and I looked, and there was a message. It, it was my, the app, the scales were sending a message to me. True story, I pick it up, and I looked at it, it said, this weight is significantly higher than your last weigh-in. <laughs> Is this you, Tim? <laughs> so I, I didn't do the 10-year challenge, all that to say that. Here are a few shots. If you don't know what the 10-year challenge is, here's a, here's a few shots. 
<laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, the Biebs, uh, well, he went through puberty. Awesome for him. Uh, here's another one, Ryan Seacrest, 10-year challenge. He's about to go through puberty. But um, <clears throat> what's wild is that the, the celebrities don't change that much. Would you agree? I mean, that dude looks the same. Here's another one. <clears throat> Reese Witherspoon has not changed that much at all. Um, and that's a, you know, I'm not a celebrity, obviously. I've changed a lot in 10 years. I don't know if you can identify with this or not that you haven't changed in 10 years, but somehow the celebrities make it work. Uh, last one, Patrick Stewart. He has. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? Um, Maybe you can't identify with this, but you can identify with a 10-year challenge that goes more like this. Okay, this is family time, 2009. Family time. Family time, 2019. It's kind of sad. Uh, here's another one. Now, if you went through Financial Peace University, there's going to be some money in that thing in 10 years. Amen? All right. Uh, one more, and I can really identify with this next one. <laughs> How many of you feel that? You feel? Okay. All right. So I don't know if you can identify with any of those, but I know that you can identify with this. God is good. Ten years ago, today, tomorrow, ten years from now, hundred years from now, thousand years from now, ten thousand years from now, we serve a good God. Now, and I said this last week when I was preaching in L.A., if you caught that sermon from L.A. Maybe you did have a tough year, maybe a tough decade, uh, but, you know, thank God you're still here and uh, you're still able to laugh in church, still able to come together and worship together as a church family. And, and so I think we can say at the end of the day, even though we may be, have been through some difficult times, God is good. Amen? God is good. And it is my belief that he's got good things for us. And I know, I know, because I know some folks in the room, that there has been some tough times this past year. But I'm just going to tell you, man, just keep on going. Keep on going. So I, I, I want to, I, I feel like right now what, what my job is at this moment in church is just to remind you of the, the good times, of the blessings that God has given you in your life. Because when you see the blessings in your heart fills with gratitude, and when your heart fills with gratitude, you're reminded of what God has done, and listen to me, what God can do. Like he's not done yet, right? So I wanna begin with gratitude today, is what I'm saying. And I know this sermon is entitled Five Things I'm Praying For in 2020, and this is not a curveball, but I just feel like I need to start here with some things that I'm thankful for and grateful for. And the first one would be this. I'm grateful for New Hope volunteers and givers, for the people that make the church work. <clears throat> I am uh, continually overwhelmed and amazed by the people that make up this church family. I, and I am not blowing smoke when I say we got the best people on the planet in this church. Yeah, and there's one of them right over there. Um, <clears throat> but if you have any history in church, with churches, <clears throat> then you know that sometimes people in church can be a little ornery. People in church can have strong opinions about their strong opinions. Uh, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there could very well be an argument break out <laughs> at a lot of different churches. But I'm thankful for our church 
where people work together. There's actually a, a church in the Holy Land that if you don't know this about the Holy Land, whenever they find what they believe was a site, this is way back hundreds and hundreds of years ago, they find a site where they believe that something historical happened with uh, the Bible things, They'll, they would build a church over it, <clears throat> which I appreciate because it kind of marks the spot where people believe that that thing happened. And it may have happened there, it may have happened down the road a little bit. But it kind of gives you an idea of the lay of the land. And there's one church that we go to called Church of the Holy Sepulchre. <clears throat> this particular church is built on the spot where many people believe, not me, but many people believe that Jesus was crucified and that he was put into a tomb. I'm, I'm more of a garden tomb believer by the, the skull or Golgotha, which uh, if you have been there and seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But a lot of people believe that it was at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The church was built there. So this church now that, that is on that site is cared for by six different denominations. Six different denominations are in control of this church. So you got the Greek Orthodox, you got the Armenian Apostolic Church, you got the Roman Catholic Church, you got the Coptic Church, you got the Ethiopian Church, you got the Syriac um, Orthodox Church, six different churches that are responsible to take care of this church. And here's a picture of the church, it's not at the front of it. I mean, it is of the front, of it, but not the whole front. The doors are down here that you enter and exit out of. <clears throat> and just right through these doors is the slab where they say Jesus was laid. It's not, okay. And then you go up some stairs to the right and they say you can reach down through a hole and touch the top of the, the, the Mount Calvary. It's not. Okay, I'm just telling you. <clears throat> but the, the, the unique feature about this church that, that uh, many people noticed right away is the ladder. Sometime in 1852, somebody put a ladder above one of the doors beneath one of the windows. Nobody knows who, but they do know, and they don't know why, but they do know <clears throat> 168 years later, it's still there. Still there, 168 years, it's been there. Why is the ladder still there? Because in order to move it, the six churches have to agree to move it. And for 168 years, they have not been able to agree that it needs to be moved. Is that embarrassing? Because I mean, God's people are supposed to work together to get things done and they can't even agree to move a stupid ladder. Can I say it again? Thank God for the people of this church. Though we are different in many ways, we come from different backgrounds, a lot of different races represented in our church, family backgrounds and so forth, parts of the country, parts of the world, we come together for one purpose and that purpose is Jesus Christ, amen? To know him and to make him known. And I love you guys because you have the love and you have the compassion and you have the willingness to serve as Jesus has asked us to serve. In fact, I wanna do something right now because I'm curious and because I wanna cheer for you. I would like for, if we have anybody in the room right now who has served at our church, you've been a volunteer at our church and you've been going to our church at least 20 years. So we got 20, 20 year folks. I'm gonna ask you in just a moment, don't do it yet, but I'm gonna ask you in just a moment to stand up and if there's someone here who's been around for 20 years and is a volunteer, <clears throat> here's what I want the rest of us to do because the rest of us need to cheer for them, okay? Uh, I'm not a volunteer either, I get paid, I get paid, so I don't fall into the volunteer category, so I'm going to cheer too, but I want us to do this, when they stand up, <clears throat> if there's anybody here that's been for 20 years or more, I want the rest of us to cheer like the Texans just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> you got this? 
Okay, and we're going to do it, okay? And by the way, there's something to this because, uh, you know, Texans played last night and won. You see that? So I didn't even know they were playing. My, I, and my son-in-law comes over and he goes, you're not watching the game. I was out in front of my house. He goes, you're not watching the game. I said, I didn't even know the game was on. He goes, the game's on. So I went in, turned it on. Right when I turned it on, J.J. Watt gets a sack. It, they say that from then on, the Texans were on top. I watched the rest of the game. It looked like a good game. Apparently, they played bad before that. But a lot of people credit it to J.J. Watt getting that sack. But I'm just going to tell you, it happened when I turned on the TV. So <clears throat> I'll make sure that I watch from the beginning next time so that we can take them to a victory, okay? But let's, uh, let's cheer for these folks like the Texans just won the Super Bowl. And then I'll get all the volunteers to stand after that, and we'll cheer for them as well. So let's just see. Do we have anybody here 20 years or more? You've been volunteering at church. Count three. One, two, three. Stand up. 20 years or more. 20 years or more. We got some back here. Okay, if you're a volunteer, stand up. Stand up. Volunteers, any, any, any volunteers, all volunteers? Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You may be seated. That's awesome, man. Now, here's what I know about the people that just stood up. They got lives outside of church, and they're busy, and yet they come to church, and they serve, which means they don't have time to worry about some ladder, right? Because when you're busy doing the, the Lord's work, you don't have time to worry about insignificant things. This is Romans chapter 16, beginning verse 17 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles like ladders, it doesn't say that, in your way that are contrary to the teaching you've learned, keep away from them. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I can say today that I rejoice because of the people that just stood up. I rejoice for you, because of you. And I rejoice for those who give. We didn't have those people stand up because that's another kind of touchy subject. But the folks that give, thank you for giving. So if you serve, keep on serving. We're going to keep on making Christ known. If you give, keep on giving. We're going to keep on making Christ known. If you're just an awesome person, keep on being awesome so that we can keep on making Christ known. Okay? And then uh, number two, and I need to hurry it up or we'll be here for eight hours. Number two is this, our faithful Heavenly Father. I'm thankful for our faithful Heavenly Father. There have been times in the life of this church where we needed God to come through in a big way or we weren't going to make it. And one of those stories that I've told, I'm sure, before, but if we got a new folks here today, I just want them to hear this. Um, back in the day, we were meeting in a strip mall in Pearland. We had about 75 people come to church. And, and we had a February. It was actually a February, short month. Our budget for the month was $6,000, total budget for everything, $6,000, and we had only received in our offerings $3,000 for the entire month. So we were $3,000 behind, not going to be able to pay the bills, going to be a tough time for us, didn't know what to do. We were praying hard, but it doesn't sound like much now, maybe to some of you, but it was like a million dollars to us back then. And so it was one of those moments where like, are we going to make it? God, do you, do you want this church to be here because we're not going to be here unless you come through in a big way. And so we all agreed to pray about it. I'm sitting in the, sitting in the strip mall and uh, into my office comes a guy from our church. He didn't know about the situation. He comes in, he lays some keys on my desk and, and he says, those are the keys to my old suburban. 
And here's the title. My wife is out here, she drove the other car, I'm gonna go with her and we're leaving. He said, but I just, I wanna give the Suburban to the, the church, you can drive a pastor, use it for your family, you can take the kids you know, from church on, whatever you need to do it for, but it doesn't belong to me anymore, I'm giving it to the church. And I'm thinking, I'm th I didn't say anything, but I'm thinking, man, I don't need an old Suburban. We need three grand is what we need, very kind. But, uh, but I said all the right things to him and thanked him, and he turns around to walk out, and then he turns back around. He, gets, he just barely gets outside of my office door. He turns back around and says, oh, by the way, pulls out a piece of paper and says, this is a guy that's been bugging me. He wants to buy the Suburban. It's his name and his phone number, and I told him after today, I'm not gonna own it anymore. It's gonna belong to church. If he wants it, he needs to contact the church. And by the way, he told me he would give me $3,000. And, and I need you to hear that today because this church at one time was one old suburban away from crashing and burning, but God came through, but God came through, but God came through. And I can say that again and again in this church. There have been times when we didn't know what we were going to do, but God came through. How many of you can say that about your own life? You didn't know what you were going to do, but God came through. He is a God who comes through. Maybe not when we want him to come, he, he, you know. It seems like his watch is kind of slow sometimes, but God always comes through. And it feels like for me that we've seen that happen so many times at this church, even now. And, and 30 years later after starting, it feels like we're just getting started and Lord willing, he's going to keep on coming through for us. In fact, Lord willing, later this year, we're going to be debt free. Debt free is the church. <clears throat> 288 campus paid off, Alvin campus is paid off, Webster campus is paid off, Friendswood campus will be paid off, Lord willing, and then we'll be able to turn the growth engine back on to reach more people for Jesus Christ because God is good to this church family. Amen? Number three, y'all aren't letting me preach fast enough yet, so it's taking too long. Three things I'm thankful for, another great year at New Hope. Another great year of new hope. It has been a great year, not without its challenges. Here's how I look at life, though. Meet challenges, beat challenges. Meet a challenge, beat a challenge. Just don't stop. And for 30 years, we've been doing that. We've been meeting the challenge, we've been beating the challenge. Um, I don't know if you know this. If you're new, you probably don't, but at three of our campuses were basically out of room. So what we did for the fall this year, we added service times, we moved times around, messed everybody up for a while. The result, though, has been great because we've been able to reach more people for Jesus this fall than ever before. We had the longest stretch where we were over 10,000 people on a weekend that we've ever had before. Our Webster campus in particular has grown, and now uh, it's not unusual for them to have over 400 people there on the weekend. They did today, over 400 people at the Webster campus on the weekend. That was just a little tiny dying church that couldn't pay the bills with about a dozen people. Now there's over 400 people meeting there on a weekend. Hundreds of people were baptized this year. Hundreds and hundreds of students and kids went to camp. About a thousand people went through Financial Peace University. Giving is up this year, this time, over last year at this time. And best of all, there's a great spirit in this church family. And that's something that I don't take for granted because I've seen other churches where there's not a great spirit. It's a gift from God. It's humbling to be a part of this church family and what God is doing. Thank you, Lord, for another great year. Thank you, New Hope Church, for another great year at our church. Now, we get to the sermon. That was all intro. <clears throat> Five things I'm praying for in 2020. Number one, that all of us would grow spiritually. 
that all of us would grow spiritually. Love getting together with you guys, love hanging out, love having some fun, eating, worshiping. But in 2020, we're gonna be more intentional about moving people toward full devotion to Jesus Christ, as in we're gonna be more intentional about moving people through the signposts. In fact, later this month, I'm taking the staff, and we're gonna go away for a day and a half to one of our church camps, and we're gonna spend some time talking about how we can do a better job of helping folks grow in Jesus Christ, because I want you to be stronger in your faith. I want you to be so strong in your faith that other people are attracted to you and you help them grow in their faith as well. I want you in 2020 to be a hero, to be a hero, like somebody that others look up to and you help them in their faith, to live beyond what you thought was even possible. Colossians chapter two says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in, your, in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. That's the goal for all of us, that we be rooted and built up and strengthened in the faith and then overflowing with thankfulness. So pray for the staff as we go away for a day and a half that we can get on the same page, that we can work together, we can pull the same direction, and we can help the folks of our church grow in 2020. Something else I'm praying for, number two. The more volunteers would step into leadership roles. The more volunteers in our church family would step into leadership roles. Specifically, when I say that, I'm talking about that we'd have more volunteers who would lead life groups and more volunteers who would lead ministries in our church. Some of you are very capable. God has made you capable, and it's time. It's time for you to step up and to lead in this church. Maybe for a service, maybe a particular ministry, somewhere, I'm just saying, God is gonna call you to leadership this year. Ephesians chapter four says, <clears throat> pardon me, Christ himself, Gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. There I am right there. Ta -da. <laughs> to do what? To equip his people for works of service. So my job is to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become more mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So my role and my goal, according to this passage of Scripture, is that I raise up people, I equip people so that the body of Christ can be built up. Once upon a time, <clears throat> back when I didn't understand it, back when the church was running 75 people for about six years straight, I did everything, but well, almost everything. I mean, I preached, I led worship, I tried to do the kids stuff. I mean, I was everywhere all the time. Tried to visit everybody, tried to be there for everything that was going on and I about burned myself out in those first six years. And the church, I couldn't get it to grow no matter what. I, I poured my life into it. And I finally one day just almost gave up in frustration. Not really frustration. I just kind of gave up because I was like, I can't do it all, Lord, and I need some help. And so I started giving everything away. And I started, you know, anybody that would look at me for more than two seconds, I would say, will you, will you help me? You know? And uh, I just asked people all around me to do things, and I gave things away and gave things away, and guess what happened? Church started growing. Weirdly, when I did, when I wasn't doing everything, the church did better. And when other people got involved, the church did better, and that was 20, 
five, 24 years ago, and now we have over 120 times that many people on a weekend. But I fear that something else may have happened. I'm not gonna throw the staff under the bus. But I'll say this, it's easier to do something yourself than it is to enlist, equip, empower, and evaluate. You with me? Like it's easier, I'm just gonna do it myself. It's too much trouble for me to get somebody else to do it. And so a lot of us, I think, have fallen into that trap where we just do it ourselves when really the goal and our role in, in church leadership is to get other people to help so that everybody can have the joy of serving. We're gonna figure it out, okay? But be ready, I'm just saying, this is for everybody. Be ready to step up to lead this next year. Because some of you are gonna be, somebody's gonna tap on your shoulder for some of you and say, will you help me to do this, okay? Then number three, that we will pray big in 2020. That we'll pray big in 2020. There's a, a story in 2 Kings chapter four, 2 Kings chapter four about a widow whose sons were about to be sold as slaves to pay for her deceased husband's debts. So her husband had a lot of debts, he passes away. The guy comes to collect and says, I'm just gonna take your boys and they're gonna be sold into slavery so that your husband's debt can be paid off. So she freaked out, obviously. She went to the prophet Elisha for help, explained the situation to him, and Elisha said to her, what do you have? What do you have? And the reason I'm, I'm taking a moment with this is because God always starts with what you have. What do you have? And she said, all I have is one flask of olive oil. Just one flask of olive oil. And he said, okay, here's what you're gonna do. You go get containers, get all the containers in your house, set them up, go to your neighbors, get containers, ask everybody. And one translation says, don't just ask for a few. Then, when you get the containers all in one room, in one area, start to fill them up with that one flask of olive oil. And, and fill them all up, and then take them and sell the oil to pay off your husband's debts and whatever's left over you keep to live off of that. So she did as the prophet said, this is uh, 2 Kings chapter four, now verse six. When all the jars were full, so it's a miracle, you get that, right? So when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one, because he's, he's pouring it out, okay? Bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. I have read this story, I don't know, 100 times in the Bible. I don't know how many times I've read it, a lot. Every single time that I've read this story, I've had the same thought. I bet she wished she had more containers. I bet she wished she had more containers. The Bible says we get blessed according to our faith. We need, to, we need to ask God for big things, but then believe God for big things. Like if you pray for rain, carry an umbrella. You know what I'm saying? Get ready for God to do something, okay? And maybe you haven't believed God for big things. Maybe your prayer life is more like this, just help me do what I'm gonna do anyway. Lord, help me do what I'm gonna do. Help me do what I'm gonna do. Help me do what I'm gonna do. Instead of, Lord, do something that I can't do. I'm saying this year, let's change. Let's not only pray that God would help us do what he's called us to do, but that God would do something that would just kind of blow our minds. And I'm talking about in your own lives. Just pray big. Some people aren't used to praying big. It's okay to pray big, we got a big God. I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I'm saying 
The book of James says you do not have because you do not ask. It's okay to ask. You okay with this? It's okay to ask God for things. And, and I'm saying pray for more than you could do. Ask God for more than you could do in your own power so that when you get an answer to your prayer, you can say, God did this. God did this. He's a big God. Let's treat him like the all-powerful God he is. Amen? And do that for our church as well. When you're praying, pray big for our church family as well. Next one. <clears throat> that our New Hope families would be strengthened. Pray that our New Hope families would be strengthened. I feel like the family's under attack. If you've been here long, you've heard me say things like that. Not just by culture, but by the evil one. He doesn't like families. And... And, 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 and so families are under attack. And once again, if you've been here long enough, then you've heard me say that the family is the, is the, the base unit of a strong society. And so when the family rips apart, society's gonna have problems and society's got problems right now. And I hate it, we can do better. And so we're gonna do what we can to strengthen the family in 2020, okay? Now, part of being stronger is you and your relationship with God. And so you get strong with him but also, if you're married, you got to get strong with your spouse, okay? The Apostle Paul was talking about marriage, and then he started talking about Jesus and his bride, the church, in this one section of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 5, and then the transition verse between husband and wife, Jesus and his bride, the church, Paul says this, this is a profound mystery. So it, it's kind of like it's about husbands and wives, which, by the way, is kind of a mystery, isn't it? which is where I got the title for our next series, It's Complicated. That's, a, that's actually the logo for the next series. And it is complicated. We're gonna jump in with both feet next Thursday, be in church. Uh, let, me, let me give you a little taste of it, okay? So here's you and here's your, here's your spouse. Okay, so that's not very complicated. There's your relationship right there. Oh, it's good, it just, it's not complicated whatsoever, but then you have a kid. Okay, now it's you, it's you and the kid, you and her, and, and you and her and the kid, and then you have two kids, and wow, that really throws it off. Then you got this, and then also there's her mom over here, you know? And then, so you got a relationship with her. She's got a relationship, she's got a relationship with the kids. And then, oh yeah, over here it's his buddies that are still hanging out, you know, and causing some trouble. So you gotta have, it's, it just gets weird. And then, oh yeah, the ex, you got the ex over here. Okay, and so he's got a relationship with her, but oh, and a blended family too. So here we go, blended family. Okay, it's complicated. Be here next week, we're gonna uncomplicate it, right? We're gonna break it down, we're gonna make it simple, we're gonna make it right again. But uh, if we want a strong nation, guess where it starts? In your living room, in your kitchen. And with God's help, we're gonna get stronger in our families in 2020, beginning next week, okay? Then number five, that's kinda of cute. Number five, I'm praying that we each one reach one. Each one reach one person. Each one reach one person. Yes, it has been a great year for our church, but guess what? More than half the people that live around all of our campuses don't go to church. Don't go to church, more than half don't go to church. You cannot reach them all, but you can reach one. So I'm asking in 2020 that each one would reach one, okay? 
January is always a great month to invite somebody to come to church because as I said last week, a lot of folks are looking to make a new start in January, so it's a perfect time. You tell them, man, we got this, it's complicated series going on and, and, uh, and come with me or we're gonna throw it out on social media this week so you can tag somebody, tag a friend, whatever, uh, invite somebody with the invite on social media. But don't miss a great opportunity and a somewhat easy opportunity to get somebody to church. And when, we, when they get here, I'll talk about families. I'll do all the stuff that we need to do. But I'm going to tell them about Jesus, too. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And some of your friends, some of your family needs to know Jesus. They've been searching and searching, can't find what they're looking for. They can find him here next week, okay? First Timothy chapter 2 is a good verse for 2020. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and for those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there's one God and one mediator between God and mankind, that's Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. So, Lord, use us to change the world one person at a time. I, I started this whole thing with a 10-year challenge, and this is kind of a joke, you know. He didn't change much. Oh, okay. Here's the deal. There's not a joke. Some folks with us today haven't changed much spiritually in 10 years or in the last year. That's not the way that God intended for it to be. He wants us to change, and I want you to change. I want you to grow, I want you to step up, I want you to pray big, I want you to get stronger in your personal faith, but in your family as well. I want God to use you to reach another human being for Jesus Christ in 2020. God can use you to do that. You can be used by God in a big way in 2020. And uh, I pray that you'll allow him to use you to do something bigger than yourself, something awesome, so that this can be the best year yet. I wanna pray for you, so if you don't mind, bowing your heads, closing your eyes. I feel like we need to start off the year with a, a little bit of a time of prayer, so. Heavenly Father, I'm just gonna ask that those with us right now who maybe are uh, kind of stagnant in their faith, Lord, I pray that 2020 would be the year that you light the fire inside of them again that you would fan that flame into something amazing, Lord, that they would just grow in your word, Lord. And uh, I pray that we could become, as, as people, what you've always dreamed that we could become. I'm praying, Lord, that some in this room right now will find the fulfillment that has eluded them their entire adult lives. I pray for that person with us right now who's unhappy, who's been unhappy, who's been struggling, Lord. I pray that they would find the joy of their salvation again. That you'd give it to them, Lord, in a big way. Lord, specifically, a couple things. I pray, I pray for those who, uh, young families maybe, who are trying to conceive, trying to, trying to start a family and it hasn't been happening. God, 2020 seems like a good year for it to happen, Lord. So, so may it happen this year, Lord. I pray for those among us who've been single and who have been praying and thinking and hoping for a godly spouse 
may it happen, Lord. God, for those among us who financially been trying to right the ship, who have been trying to get out of debt and, and make things right, I pray that 2020 would be the year that they'd make some great advances and you'd do some wonderful things in their lives. Lord, for the families that are here right now who maybe have a prodigal child, I pray that 2020 would be the year that the prodigal comes home. Lord, I'm praying for those who are maybe uncertain about their eternity. I pray that today they will make Jesus their Lord and Savior so that they could know beyond a doubt that they are yours and that salvation belongs to them. And when they lay their head down on their pillow tonight, I pray that they can, they can smile a big smile knowing that they belong to you now and they're safe with you, and they have a place in heaven someday when that time comes. Lord, bless our church family in 2020. Bless the people in this room in 2020. Best year yet, Lord. That's what I'm praying for. Best year yet for these folks, God. Yours is the kingdom, God. Yours is the power and the glory forever. And all the people said, okay, now here's the deal. Prayer partners will be right down here. Here they come right now. Um, <clears throat> So if you need to make a decision for Christ today, if you've never accepted what Jesus did for you on the cross, come down and see him. Or if you need prayer for anything today, come on down before you leave this place. But get things right with God today. Perfect time to get things right with God at the beginning of this new year. God bless, guys. Happy New Year. See you next week. It's complicated. All right? If you enjoyed the podcast, we encourage you to subscribe. Share it with friends and family, or let us know by tagging us at New Hope Church TV on social media. We would love to connect with you. Thanks for listening.